Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom. Hello, I'm Miles Beacom, friend of the Hall of Fame. And we're here with Jerry Thompson, and we really want to talk about the history and the impact that Trail King has had on South Dakota, and just the legacy it's had on South Dakota as well. Uh, Jerry, welcome. And the first thing I want to ask you is that a lot of people think that anybody that's in the Hall of Fame was born with a silver spoon, and things were just made very easy for them. And it's just the opposite. And every one of the inductees has had a tough childhood throughout, and they've had to overcome challenge after challenge. Sure. Can you share a little bit about your father and, and, and his upbringing? Yeah, I, you know, I can remember the early days of the business to start with. You know, when we started the business, we started in the upstairs hallway of our house with one desk. Um, there wasn't a lot there. There wasn't a lot of money to be had. And at times we had difficulty making payroll. But my dad grew up as a salesman. I mean, he, people described him as the consummate salesperson. I mean, he could sell anything to anybody. And he grew up selling ag equipment primarily in his early days and worked through different businesses in different positions throughout his career. And he ended up landing in Mitchell, South Dakota, selling for a company called Dakota Manufacturing, and they were in the trailer business. Um, what happened is that business was sold. My dad didn't realize at the time that he probably could have bought that company, but just didn't really understand what it took to get that done. Got into a little dispute with that owner. We decided to start our own business, and that's how it all started. But in those early days, my mom spent a lot of sleepless nights worrying about how we were going to make payroll and if we were going to pay the bills and how things would go because there just there wasn't a lot there. And Gary mentioned before that uh, you were able to pay the employees, but sometimes the family members went without. Well, yeah, family members always took backseat. You know, we tried to take care of everybody that worked for us, and to my knowledge, we did make payroll to those folks. But there were times that I didn't get paid, and that was okay. I mean, eventually we got things caught up and things were square, but. It was tight. I mean, it was really tight in the beginning. There wasn't a lot there. I believe we started the business on less than $6,000 in capital. Thank God we had a banker that was, you know, very friendly and had a lot of confidence in my dad and borrowed us money when we probably shouldn't have been borrowed money, but uh, somehow we made it work. And what an amazing story and what a success story Trail King has been to uh, South Dakota. When you were 17 and that started, you, did you ever envision it to be able to grow to the extent that it has? No, no way. I, you know, I remember dad saying, you know, we want to be the number one manufacturer of specialized trailers in the country. And quite honestly, I thought to myself, great goal, but maybe unlikely. But over the years, we did that. I mean, our nearest competitor was less than half the size we were when we left the business. So we, we accomplished that goal plus some, but had no idea that it would grow to the point that it, that it did. I mean, at one point we had over 1,100 employees and I just, I, I didn't see that coming. Jerry, what would you want others to know about this legacy with your father and Trail King and, and your family, uh, yourself, uh, as it relates to the investment to South Dakota? The interesting part about South Dakota is everybody knows South Dakota has a great business climate. I mean, when you look at the regulatory issues, the tax climate, the overall atmosphere within the state is very positive to business. But in my mind, what really sets South Dakota apart is, is the people in South Dakota. Um, we're in a rural, primarily um, agricultural-based environment where folks grow up, you know, working and earning a living. And the people that we hired at our facilities in Metro were just outstanding. I mean, we had plants in North Dakota, South Dakota, Pennsylvania, um, Mexico, and one in Alabama at various times throughout the history of the company. 
And South Dakota was by far the premier plan when it came to efficiency and quality. I mean, the people in the Midwest just have a great work ethic and it's just a great state to do business in. So um, I give a lot of credit to South Dakota for the credit of the overall success of the business, to be honest. Yeah, the state does have a great business uh, climate and for entrepreneurs to start a business and to build a business here. Uh, you mentioned the people and the work ethic here, uh, and that's so important. And as you continue to grow, did you have difficulty finding good quality people here in South Dakota? Um, we, we found a lot of quality people. That wasn't the issue. The issue was being in a fairly small community in Metro with a population of 15,000, 16,000 people. We just couldn't grow as much as we wanted to grow. And that's why we went to these other states. It wasn't because we were unhappy with South Dakota. We just couldn't hire enough people. So we did end up, you know, locating plants in various places. But the people we found in Mitchell were great. But I got to be honest, we were a little bit limited on how much we could grow in Mitchell just because of the availability of primarily welders. And it's what I see is very impressive. You've seen the need to grow and you didn't want to be restrained by just resources in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. So you went outside of South Dakota. But when you did that, you still used South Dakota as the benchmark and, the, and South Dakota had the highest performance of any of the plants, which is really, really impressive. Yeah, South Dakota was always was the benchmark, and it, it was by far the largest facility too. So, I mean, when we could hire people in Mitchell, that was the preferred method. But at some point we had to, in order to keep growing, we had to look elsewhere. And part of that was driven by just geographic location. I mean, we ship trailers all over the country. So, and they're big, I mean, they're bulky, they're big, they cost a lot to ship. So in some cases you're better off being a little closer, but. If you look at South Dakota, and most people don't think of it this way, but we did, when you look at where South Dakota is located, and we ship trailers all over the country, including Mexico and Canada, South Dakota is fairly centrally located, so it, it worked out pretty well for us. Great. A lot of people, when they're looking at successful businesses, they think that they just, the individuals and the families just got into that business and everything just ran well. And truth be told, Every business that is successful out there has had a number of bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. And I really believe it's how they handle those bumps. But could you share a couple of the major challenges that uh, Trail Kings had and how did how, how they persevere and the patience that they had to have to overcome those challenges? Yeah, well, in the early days, I mean, nobody knew who Trail King was. I mean, we started this business, we were small, we didn't have a lot of name recognition. And for us, the challenge was getting customers to become familiar with who we were and what we were all about. And it was interesting because my dad came up with this idea and it was one of the best ones that he ever had. We decided to leverage up South Dakota, one of South Dakota's biggest assets. Most contractors are outdoors people. They love to hunt, they love to fish, they like to, they like to be outdoors. South Dakota is one of the best pheasant hunting places in the, in the country by far. So we decided to run a sales promotion that leveraged the hunting with getting these people to come visit our facilities in Mitchell, South Dakota, spend a couple of days hunting, come into the plant, see the product, see the plant, meet the people. And, and um, you know, when they spent that day there, the, the workers actually were out grilling steaks and feeding them and doing product shows and things like that while we were there. And it was hugely successful. Now we did that for about 15 years running. So we literally brought hundreds and hundreds of people through our facility and that really, it really caused us to, to begin to develop that name recognition. They saw who we were, they saw the people, and they really enjoyed coming. So the pheasant hunting thing played in pretty well with allowing us to get people to come visit because not too many people are just having to drive by 
South Dakota. There's got to be a reason to come, and the hunting was one of them. Um, it sounds like I've been there, uh, Jerry. It sounds like your family probably gave our former governors the idea of the pheasant hunt to bring businesses in from other states to look at the great opportunities <laughs> that we be. have in South Dakota. Could be. Um, you know, ex-Governor Jankel actually sat on our board at one point in time, so that's possible. But, you know, it's as simple as leveraging an asset that the state has to, to attract people to come visit. Otherwise, they probably would have never got there. And it was, I mean, it was a ton of work because it was a lot of people coming through and a lot of coordination that was necessary to get all these people hunting. But it was also a lot of fun. I mean, we had a great time doing it. And a lot of those customers ended up being literally, in fact, they're doing business with us to this day. I mean, they became long-term repetitive customers and they still talk about those. We call them the Trail King shootouts. And it was a huge success. Yeah. And that's, I think, just really important how you build those relationships with your partners out there mm -hmm. uh, and your customers. And they really bring in and they're part of the family then. And they're talking about it today. You think about how many years it's been. Yeah. Uh, but that's the impact that you had on uh, partners around the country. Well, you know, as you know, business is all about relationships. I mean, it's not about product. It's about relationships. People want to do business with people that they trust, that they feel comfortable with, that they feel has a high level of integrity. And we got to know those people. And as you get to know those people and develop relationships, that's when they come back and, and continue to do business with you. Some of my best friends still to this very day are good customers of mine or ex-customers of mine. So yeah, it's it's all about relationships with your customers, with your people. I mean, it's all about the people. The product's easy to duplicate, but those relationships are difficult to duplicate. Yeah, critical. And another challenge that the families had in the, in the business? Well, thinking back early on, you know, we started our business in the late 70s. And uh, in the early 80s is when the interest rate thing hit us. And we started to see interest rates going from 15 to 20%. And at that point, the contractors were having difficult time borrowing that kind of money to purchase new equipment. I mean, the demand dropped off significantly. Um, and we didn't foresee that coming. I don't think anybody foresaw that coming. But when it happened, we had to shift gears. And we shifted into the rental business. Um, we figured that if people weren't buying equipment, they're going to rent it. So we ended up going into the rental business and providing product for the rental industry. Quite bluntly, that's what kept us alive through the 80s. If we wouldn't have had that rental business, we wouldn't have made it. So, you know, you got to be nimble, you know, you, if things change, you got to be able to shift gears and, and shift your emphasis and go where the business is at. And uh, at the time, that was a challenge. I mean, there was some some days there where things got pretty tight, but thanks to that rental business, we got through it. Yeah, it's incredible the ability that your company was able to have just the flexibility to change and looking forward and looking at other options being, versus being just one dimensional. And that's critical in business. Uh, one of the things I see is there's a lot of very bright and very successful people that are out there, but they never stay with something long enough. And then when a challenge comes up, such as one of those two, how do you market? Uh, or how do you handle a tough financial situation? And a lot of times we see those people throw in the towel and they never hit their full potential because they give up too soon. And that's something where you look at the individuals in the Hall of Fame and you and your family, you look at that and challenge after challenge, we will sit down and come up with ideas of, okay, how do we continue to move on and get through this tough period? Uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, challenges are always there. Sometimes you can foresee them, sometimes you can't, but you just gotta react and keep moving. I mean, you, you gotta keep that positive attitude and do what you need to do to survive. And one of the things that we really wanna talk about, Jerry, is just the, we want this to be able to be a stepping stone for young people to say, 
Trail King did it, and they had a tough start, and they had tough points mm -hmm. throughout their business. But we want to be able to chase our dreams, too, and really be able to uh, plant that seed in them. What character, uh, characteristics describe how a person can chase their dreams to impact South Dakota? <laughs> the dream chasers, in my mind, are kind of unique people. I mean, number one, they, they have a vision. They have something that they want to do or accomplish. And, you know, they're, they're committed to that dream, and they're able to communicate the dream, build on that dream, and convince others to join them. But, um, you know, dream chasers are, are not afraid of hard work. They're not afraid of taking some risk. They're very, very committed people, and they don't take no very easily. So, you know, as long as you're dedicated to truly doing and chasing that dream, you're willing to put in the time, put in the effort, and work hard, you, you can achieve those dreams. But, um, you know, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take a commitment. It's going to take some time. So, yeah, I, you know, I firmly believe that young people today have opportunities out there. And, and in fact, my own sons, I look at them and, and they wanted to stay in South Dakota. They wanted to stay in Mitchell. And I, I talked to some folks in that area and, and I heard over and over again, there's no opportunity in Mitchell. You know, it's, there's nothing to do. There's no opportunity. My sons created their own opportunity. They purchased a small business. They leveraged it up. They changed some markets that they went after. And they've got a nice little small growing business. My daughter started her own business. She started a hair salon. She grew that one to 20, 25 people. Now she opened a location in Sioux Falls. So I don't buy the fact that there's no opportunity. Sometimes you may have to create that opportunity, but it's there. You just got to be willing to go after it. And, and that is so important is uh, chasing those dreams. And, and you and I talked earlier how uh, added incentive is for those people that says you can't do it, they, they won't be successful. Uh, they won't be able to find the funding. And those are the things that I think are added in some, where some people would throw in the towel saying, yeah, it's too tough. But to be successful, you have to have that passion and that drive and that belief that you will be successful. Yeah, you know, I, I listen to people talk all the time and it's, it's kind of like I'm a golfer. So it, for me, it's all about visualizing things. And if, if you all of a sudden start thinking that you may fail, you probably will. You know, you need to visualize where you want to go and you need to visualize the positive aspect and how you're going to get there. You need to go after it. Don't think about all the negative things that could happen or that might happen that may cause a problem. You, you just, you got to charge through that. You got to have that motivation and that commitment and go for it. And you will be challenged. So. Yes, you definitely will be challenged. <laughs> you, know, you talked about the people you had within the organization too and the ones in South Dakota and just how strong they were and in quality, uh, productivity, ethics, uh, all those things that you really need and believe to build a, a good company. What role did teamwork and creativity play with this legacy story just to inspire others? Oh, the team was critical. I mean, obviously to build a company as large as Trail King with over 1,100 employees, it takes a team. I don't care how good that entrepreneur is, you know, you're, you're not gonna do it all yourself. You gotta have a team to help support you. In fact, you know, I look at some of the entrepreneurs that I've met, and quite honestly, a lot of these entrepreneurs are not necessarily really good business people. They have the big picture, they have the vision, but they don't necessarily know how to do all the details to make it work. And that's where the people come in. I mean, you gotta surround yourself with great people that are competent in what they do. And it's that team working together that is what really gets you to move forward and grow a business. When you're really small, you might be able to get by with, you know, one guy or one superstar. But eventually, if you're going to continue to grow that, you better be putting together a great team. And we had some amazing people working for us throughout the years. I mean, 
you know, they were both personal friends and they were great employees and they just did a wonderful job. And I, you know, I can tell you stories about people that came into the business with, you know, maybe a high school education at, at best and, and ended up growing and becoming vice presidents. I mean, but they earned it. You know, they, they put in the time, they worked hard, they had the passion, they came on board and shared the vision. And, you know, it's there. You got to have a good team to make a business like that grow. And we were fortunate to have a great team. And, and the team was so important. And as you grew, you continued to add team members on. And that's tough sometimes for an entrepreneur uh, because a lot of times they think they need to do everything. And mm-hmm. here your family was able to say, okay, we need to add here for some expertise over here and over here. Uh, but not being afraid to ask for help and building the team and expertise uh, is so important as well because no one knows everything and yeah. that's exactly what your family has done. Yeah, you have to recognize your shortcomings, you know, and you have to recognize that you can't do everything. And in fact, I try to tell my management team, you know, your job is to hire people that are better than you, you know, and some people feel threatened by that. But ultimately, if you can hire people that are better than you, particularly at, at things that you're not that good at, that's when you really begin to thrive. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about team. It's all about the people. And to me, that was the most rewarding part about the business, not necessarily just growing the business, but watching those people grow and take on more responsibility and, and become more successful. You know, the number of families that relied on Trail King in Mitchell, South Dakota was both intimidating and daunting at times, but it was also, you know, something that I had great pride in. Great pride in. You look at those families and the impact that they had on the Mitchell community as a whole as well. Absolutely. You start looking at that how important Trail King was not only for the business but the entire community. Absolutely. When you look at, you know, and, and you know, people sometimes look at the investment you make in the community, that's minor. What really comes in and comes into play is when you you, know, you have over a thousand families earning a living and earning income and spending that in the community, whether it's the restaurants or the gas stations or the movie theaters or whatever, it, it has a huge impact on the community. And and that really I know it made my dad very proud and it makes me very proud to say we were just part of part of that in Mitchell and part of that in the state of South Dakota to, to help grow a business. And most of that money that came in was outside money. I mean, 95% of our sales were outside the state. So that money that came into the state tended to stay in the state. So it was uh, it was a fun run. Yeah, very impressive that impact it had on the entire state and really that Mitchell community as yeah. well. Yeah. What does South Dakota not know about this dream chaser? <laughs> uh, probably a lot, but um, the thing that sticks in my mind is, you know, my dad was a really driven, driven guy, and he didn't accept failure very easily, which is the mark of a good entrepreneur. But um, he also needed people to stand behind him and help hold those pieces together. And in the early days, that was my mom, and my mom was the one that was behind the scenes worrying and wondering how are we going to make payroll, how are we going to pay our bills, and what are we going to do next, and and at times trying to pull him back a little bit. And, uh, you know, I remember some, some times when mom was pretty stressed, but uh, she was there and she held it together. And as the business grew, you know, that's when some of us stepped in and, and helped on those other pieces of the business. But, um, you know, you, you just, again, it goes back to that team. You gotta have a team full of people that, that are willing to make it, make it all happen. So, um, Probably the, the, the thing that you know most people don't know is how critical my mother was in the early days of the business and how she was a huge part of the success of the business. 
Yeah, that's something I think people really need to understand as well, that partnership. And, and uh, I've been your father at the head, but your mother was right there going mm-hmm. through all the growing pains, all the risks that were out there, all the challenges. Yeah. Uh, and it was really a family business that you'd all talk about and get creative. How do we overcome this challenge now? Uh, so that yeah. you, you've seen the rewards and you also seen the tough times in the family too. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were all in it. I mean, it was, like I said, it started in the upstairs of our house. And, and even in the early days, I mean, I learned how to drive my first manual transmission at age 15 in a semi. And, you know, it's still to this day, I can't understand how my parents did it, but they sent me over the road at age 15 in a semi, picking up trailers or delivering trailers. And I didn't think anything of it. Nowadays, it's illegal, but in those days, you could get by with it. And, you know, it, it was truly a family event. My brothers and sisters, my brother wasn't directly involved, but my sisters were involved on the sales and marketing side. And it really, truly was a family business. Jerry, looking at everything now, uh, your your thoughts early on when your father decided to jump into this business and, and start his own, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I remember those early days when he first started, and I, I guess I didn't at the time realize how much risk was involved. But um, I really enjoyed those early days. I mean, it, it was so fun to watch the business grow and to be a part of it. and. You know, the, the friendships that were created and the little sales contests we'd have. I mean, in the early days, the guys would go out selling. We'd have a sales contest for the week to see who came home with the most orders. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of stress, but it was it was enjoyable. And, and I enjoyed the business. Um, I got to be honest, when I, I, you know, when I finished high school, I stayed out of school before I went to college for a year. Ended up going to USD and get my degree in business. And I had a number of people trying to talk me into doing something different, you know, go somewhere else and, and not work for the family business. And uh, I will never forget a conversation I had with one of our better dealers at the time. And he looked me square in the eyes and he said, you know, I don't know you well, but I know you well enough to know that you enjoy this business. And he said, don't let your pride stand in the way of what you really want to do. And I thought about that. And he was right. Part of what, what was driving me to go somewhere else and not come back was my own selfish pride to prove to people what I could do on my own. But ultimately, I ended up going back to the family business, and it was a great decision. I don't regret it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of sacrifices along the way. I mean, Dad wasn't at those high school football games or basketball games, and I missed some of my kids' games. But it, it was still a great experience and a lot of fun, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, that's... And it is, it's a constant sacrifice when you're in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your wildest dreams, would you ever have thought when you were 17 years old and your dad started this, that Trail King would be built to uh, the size that, that it has been and the success that it's had not only yeah. in South Dakota, but across the nation? No, no, no way. You know, I at the time I got, I remember thinking, could we do better than the other company in town? That was more my perspective at the time. To be a national leader, was not really on my scope, but it was on my dad's scope. I mean, he said all along, we're going to be America's number one specialized trailer manufacturer in this country. And, you know, he meant it. And uh, it took a lot of work and a lot of people's help to get there, but we got there. So it was a great story. There's so many young people out there that we really want them to be able to chase their dreams. What would you share with them uh, to chase their dreams? I guess primarily to not give up on them. You know, if you truly have a dream and you have a passion for something, don't be afraid to commit to it and work at it. And you're going to hit some bumps 
you know, it's not going to go easy and there are going to be times you're going to be tempted to quit. But if you really have the passion and the commitment to that business, go for your dream because you can get it done. Now, it will take work, but it's there. There's opportunity in this world. Don't ever let anybody tell you that there's not opportunity to be had and that you can't make it because you can if you're just willing to put in the time and to pay the price. And very impressive. Uh, and I'd like to just close with thank you for sharing this. And thank you. Your, these comments will help other young people chase their dreams. So yeah. thank you for taking the time. Well, it's like I said, it's, it, you know, it's rubbed off on our family, you know, even my own kids. And I have a nephew that owns a motel in Mitchell and he's in business. So, you know, you're around it long enough, you realize it can happen. You know, even when we made the decision to sell the business, as soon as the business closed, and I continued on with the business for 15 years thereafter and, and worked with the, the company that purchased us. But when we sold the business, we reinvested those assets in Mitchell and built more businesses to employ more people and to, you know, to continue to, to grow the area and grow the community. So it, it wasn't a situation that when we sold, we just kind of put the money in our pocket and didn't do anything with it. We put it back to work. And to me, that's, that's one of those things that I think sets my dad apart and, and maybe the family in general apart is, you know, once we experience the success and actually reap some of the rewards on it, we, we just didn't sit on it. We reinvested and, and did more. Yeah, we put it back in the community. Yeah, that's very and, impressive. You know, there, there are a lot of folks that would have just put that money in their bank account and, you know, went on their way. But, you know, we, since we sold the business, we've invested in, a number of other businesses and I still to this day manage six of those businesses. So, you know, they're not as big as Trocang and not as impressive, but they continue to employ people, generate payroll, and it's good for the community. Thank so. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.